Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Nomad Outdoor. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience as a field, and share our members' stories. Welcome in, everybody, for this freshest of fresh drops, the newest uh, edition of the Turkey Call All Access podcast, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Nomad Outdoor. This week, we're catching up with my buddy Cliff Cadet down at NYC. We're talking about his recent, uh, their first NYC Chapter Jake's event. They went to Gotham Archery, had a bunch of kids out there, families uh, shooting archery. Can't wait to get into that. Uh, talking more about you know, Cliff's adventure into, into the hunting space, how he got started, his whys, and then, you know, why the NWTF, why, why it was important to start an NWTF chapter within the city. We're doing all that and more 90 seconds. Let's go. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Have you been to shop.nwtf.org yet? Well, if not, I invite you to go there now. Again, that's shop.nwtf.org for all the latest and greatest NWTF lifestyle gear. Need a trucker cap? We got you covered. Need a low pro hat? We got you covered there. Guys gear, ladies gear, kids gear, accessories for the pool, for the backyard, for hunting, camping. We got you all there. Shop.nwtf.org. Go there today and get your latest NWTF gear. Welcome back, everybody. This is a new and this is a fresh, like fresh when you're hearing this drop for the first time. This is hours old. <laughs> so we were able to get this in uh, and you're going to get real time information. Now that our information is outdated, but, you know, by the time you listen to some of this stuff, it uh, well, that was a weird sound. Anyway, I'm joined by my my good buddy down in NYC, Cliff Cadet, uh, the Urban Archer. Uh, so many different intangibles to, to say about Cliff, but more importantly, what we're covering today um, is is the new chapter. We have an NWTF chapter in New York City, Brooklyn specifically. No, it's uh, it's in Queens, Queens, okay. but uh, where you know where where I'm from originally. But um, my uh, committee, um, it's made up of four of us, two of us from Queens. And then two guys, um, you know, up in Westchester, um, just outside of the Bronx, but who have strong ties to the city. So, so, so uh, you've, you've seen Cliff in the magazine. 
uh, Turkey Call, uh, Outdoor Life Rider. You've probably seen some of his stuff. His social presence um, is continuing to grow. You do a great job with it. You and I have talked about that stuff in the past. And and just what's remarkable is the traction. To start out with a guy, you want to call it adult onset hunter. You want to call it emergent hunter, whatever tagline you want to put on it. You're an old guy that decided you want to go hunting. You know, and and you did it and you saw more of an opportunity beyond fulfilling a a, a personal goal and personal goal setting. And, and you've done it. You guys recently held your first. It was a Jake's event. Right. So it was an all family yes. archery event that was held at Gotham Archery there in the city. Uh, had folks in there from all different ages, all different backgrounds, uh, presumably shooting archery for the first time. Yes. That's, yeah, that's freaking awesome, man. (laughs) I I, like, we've talked about it. You and I in the past on, on different programming, your podcast. Uh, I've talked about it with other guests that this is a thing. There's a hunger. There's a thirst for this uh, in the urban environments. And, and and what's the conduit? How do we how do we help bridge these gaps and get them there? And, and you've done it. Talk about yeah. this, this journey, you know, the, the article we just we just put out uh, on the NWTF.org website. You know, you talk about you buying your first bow five years ago to where you are. What's what's in your head? What's going on in this last five years? Well, all right. So like, like you mentioned, having, having picked up my first bow, yeah, five, it really was five years ago. And then uh, in 2017, and then two years after that, decided I wanted to, you know, try my hand at bow hunting within once decided I wanted, once deciding I wanted to bow hunt. Cause one of the things was um, when I was out there kind of, kind of doing my research, looking for um, information, looking for people who are willing to kind of share information with me. I was kind of looking for people that kind of looked like me. And if didn't look like me, at least came from where I came from, you know what I'm saying? And I felt that that was kind of few and far between. Um, I'll even go, I don't know if I ever told you the story. Like I remember taking one of my hunter safety uh, classes and I had asked the hunter safety instructor if there was public land nearby to hunt and or one of them because there were two instructors and he was like no no there's nothing in the area come to find out um a year later that there was public land nearby like just minutes away now what motivated him to answer no i don't know um one can only speculate but sure at at that point in time um it's i the seed was planted for me to kind of get this knowledge out there or just share and communicate what is available to us. Cause we were talking about uh, last time we spoke, um, you know, a lot of folks in the city, not knowing what public land opportunities are available to them, you know, and in this day and age, yeah, you can hop on, onto a, a search engine like Google and, and find stuff out. But when you see that, maybe the people participating in this activity, whatever it is, activity that you're researching, don't look like you uh, don't come from where you're from or anything like that. You may be a bit hesitant to want to participate, regardless of how interested you may be. Mm. I mean, granted, there are there are outliers who are just like, yo, you know what? If there are, those folks aren't out there, then I'm going to be the first. Cool. Unfortunately, though, they're outliers for a reason. You know what I'm saying? On average, though, folks will, will tend to get, feel a little 
apprehensive about getting into something where um, they can't necessarily share um, the experience with like-minded people or not necessarily like-minded people or people with the same background as them. So the goal has been over the last couple of years through social media to not only um, get a lot of information, but share as much of the information. I'm not, I'm far from a seasoned hunter. So um, a lot of the information that I share isn't coming from experience. It's coming from um, what somebody, someone with um, way more, way more experience than I mm. is doing and was willing to share. And then I'm able to relay that information. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's part of the, the, the campfire experience, right? Relaying mm-hmm. those, those tidbits of knowledge or personal experience or mentorship. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. See, I want to, um, we, we've never really, and I want to jump in on, on this right here because you know, outside of the hunting space and, and, you know, in just America in the last five, six years, whatever it's been, you know, we hear this often on, on the news, on media outlets, mainstream media outlets is, as the experience you just talked about. Someone doesn't look like you, you know, there's there's apprehension there. And this is, you know, often uncomfortable for people to tackle, to talk about, given the sensitivities. Um I don't mind talking about it with you because you and I have a relationship and and it's not coming from a bad place. It's coming from a place of learning. Um, So my point is we hear this, this, I don't want to say it's cliche, but you hear the same thing. Like someone didn't look like Mm -hmm. me. I didn't get into it. What does that mean? Explain to the audience, you know, people that just don't understand, can't appreciate those feelings, that, that stress, that angst, um, you know, what is what is the fear? Is, is there something you can put your finger on that you're afraid would happen that causes that apprehension? Or is this just a lifetime of experience Th- talk about that? Because I think it's important for people to understand and have some more deeper insight to that statement and, and, and right. help connect dots. All right. So, so I'll keep it 100 with you. All right. With me personally. OK, so. When I first decided that I wanted to hunt, right? It's funny because I had my bow. I had been shooting my bow inconsistently for the two years from 2017 to 2019. Then I remember January 2019, I created the Urban Archery NYC Instagram account. And probably not even a week later, uh, pictures from ATA started popping up. And I was like, oh, bow hunting. You know what I'm saying? It was through ATA. I was like, um, I saw pictures. I was like, who's who's this Cam Haynes guy? Yeah. Who's this John Dudley guy? Um, stuff like that. So I started doing a little bit of research, primarily through social media, like kind of like a who's who type of deal, right? So for me personally, the search was looking for people of color, black people, like myself, you know what I'm saying? Or, or even just people from big cities, right? you know, in New York City even, you know what I'm saying? And um, the conclusion I had come to was that either black people don't hunt um, or they do and just rarely show it on social media. You know what I'm saying? Because even even typing in a search on on uh, Instagram, for example, you're looking for stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily pop up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right away. Because like I know there's a crew uh, down south that goes by um, 24-7 hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, like, these guys are avid uh hunters period not just that's uh, right you know waterfowl but um 
I didn't find them until maybe I've been, I think, on social media now three years. I think I only came across their account just last year. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So even then, like two years having an Instagram account that's um, archery and, and hunting related, I still didn't find this group until, you know, two years later. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like with getting into with into any activity, you know what I'm saying? You or let me let me put it this way, kind of like you're the new kid in school. You walk into the cafeteria, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You see everybody kind of clicked up. Mm. So you're looking around to see, hey, uh, do I fit in with the jocks? Can I go try to sit at that table? Mm. Do I fit in with the, you know, with the chess club, whatever, something like that. So apply that kind of idea to to wanting to get out in hunting is I'd like to uh, to see people like myself mm. uh, or see people uh, coming from the uh, – big cities or my same city as me, you know what I'm saying? Anything like that. And I think if people don't necessarily see that, um, when people of color don't necessarily see that they tend to be a little put off by it, you know what I'm saying? And then at, and then you, at the end of the day, you end up having to, um, I guess try to create, uh, I guess I don't want to make it sound cliche, a safe space or let them know like, yo, like there are people out here like us, you know, from urban environments who do this. Um, here they are. There, there are people that are willing to, to teach and share information that are willing to hey, hop on a call with you, um, hop on a video call, uh, DM with you, uh, DM you back and forth, stuff like that. Um, but me personally, like I said, it was all about not seeing, um, you know, people like myself and then the, the next part of it was being a husband, a father, someone who works full time. It's like um, there's a group within the hunting community or hunting industry that believes you also need to hunt a certain way. They like you gotta you gotta hunt hard, yeah, you yeah. know, um, and stuff like that. So where if you're not disappearing in the woods um, all day every day for like a week straight, two weeks straight, or if you're not traveling. Um, out west to go on an elk hunt or something like that um you're not hunting hard or you're not really committed to this lifestyle yeah. or anything like that and for me that's also listen um i don't make excuses i just try to make choices and then live with them you know what i'm saying so i have a family i've got i've got kids um a lot of the people i engage are the same way like uh, especially the adult onset hunters um they're interested in in getting into an outdoor activity like hunting but then they see someone like like cam haynes hiking out with a with an elk on his back you hear what i'm saying yeah um they see um someone like john dudley building bowls like every other day and so and they're like dang the level of commitment that's required to do this i don't have the time for but the truth of the matter is you can i mean for me like i said i don't hunt every day i don't hunt every weekend so I make it a point to take the knowledge that's been instilled with me, try to apply it, learn as much as possible when I am in the woods. But then also that because I'm so new to this, I try to be as courteous as possible to everyone else in the woods. Because I know, for example, I'm loud when I'm walking into the woods. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a ninja at a ninja at it yet. You know, I'm not totally stealth. So I I commit to leaving an hour earlier. Because I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
be clunking around or carrying carrying my climber, hitting twigs or or low lying branches with my uh, bow and stuff like that. So I try to get in there earlier than probably more seasoned hunters would be. One to get to the spot before everybody else, but then also I don't want to be the guy that's going to take like. 20, 30 minutes to get up a tree because he's fumbling around in the cold, making noise and stuff like that, which could potentially ruin somebody else's hunt mm. nearby, you know, things like that. So it's, it's one of those things, like I said, there's, there's probably a decent amount of people out there that probably would get into hunting or get into outdoor activities if they didn't necessarily feel the pressure to be uh, like hunt 24 seven or not at all. See, that's I think the that's, there's an irony in that, at least for me, my, mm-hmm. my experience, right. Cause I was, I was a kid that, you know, growing up, I never really never fit in, tried different crowds, you know, whatever. It's just just my experience. So like going in the military, military was great for me because mm-hmm. one mission, one fight, one team. Um, for the most part, demographic barriers didn't exist. Um, mm-hmm. You you just worked with the people you worked with because there was a there was a common goal. Right. And that made sense to me. Yeah. So when I left the when I left the military. And I transitioned to civilian life. You know, I was looking for activities to be involved in, but there was always this, this one upmanship in anything, sports, I you know, playing hockey, just life in general, like stupid crap, like the the clothes you wear. It's always got to be someone one up on you, better, you're bettering you with yep. your shoes and your hats, and all this foolishness. And it, and I and it always brought me back to school and the the negative experiences I had. I said, I just want to exist and be a happy kid. And I just want to exist yes. and be a happy man in my space and what that space looks like in time. And I felt for me that hunting and getting outdoors was reprieve from that. Like I'm going to go out here and have a noble pursuit by myself. Um, Not realizing, you know, when I was an onset hunter at the time in my early twenties, what lay out there, in the, in the, you know, the very, it wasn't, there wasn't even Facebook. There wasn't even freaking MySpace at the time. Right. Um, mm. There was VHS and there was some new outdoor media. So all this, you know, uh, competitiveness that you knew ex- would creep in eventually, the longer you hang out and it, you, you start seeing it. And I guess what I'm getting to my point is it's disappointing, but I think it's human nature. I think no matter what you do, you take a group of human beings. I don't care what color you are, where you come from in the world. You're going to find a way to like, we are going to find a way to to make stuff uncomfortable for ourselves. And I don't know why we do it. <laughs> why We just can't be happy with what we've got. But uh, nevertheless, the hunting community has that as a as an issue. And as you have aptly stated, it can present a barrier for entry. So not only are we are we considering uh, demographic barriers to entry, logistic barriers to entry. But now like you look at the community and with so much information and so much at your fingertips, you know, people may not like what they see and, and something they want to be in for the purest reasons. And that's the way they, they should get into it. They're getting, they're getting a bad stink from, from digital media, you know, at all. Um, and who are we losing because of that? Dude, like just to, to kind of piggyback off of what you just said, um, Earlier this week, um, I got access to some private land, some residential property to hunt. Nice. All right. So I was able to get in for an afternoon sit. Now, within 30 minutes of being up in my climber, a small doe comes comes right under me. Okay. So now um, this doe had no clue I was there. But when I tell you, Fred, this doe was 
a grant I've never killed a deer. I've only got one uh hunting kill under my belt, and that's a turkey two years ago. Okay. Um so I let this doe walk. I'm not I've I've told Good people, for you. <laughs> yeah, you know say so so I I've I've told people in the past for me, like listen, I don't know what's gonna happen once I've got this deer, this turkey in my in my uh sight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say like, I'm going to smoke them. I'm going to put them on the ground and you know, all that gung ho, because for all I know, I could, I could do that. Pull, I could draw my bow back and then not have the heart to let the arrow fly. Mm. Now, since killing my first Turkey, I know I can, I know I can do it with no problem. You know what I'm saying? Like I have no qualms with it, but for me, like I saw this young doe and I mean, small man, like, I don't know. I wouldn't have found any joy in putting that dough down whatsoever. Not, not because it wasn't big enough. I just saw a young animal. I guess, again, I could be talking out my butt right now. You know what I'm saying? I just saw, it's funny because right before hopping on with you, I was talking to my wife about it. And, um, and, uh, I chose to just let this dough walk. And, and then later on, unfortunately, um, the, the property owner, um, whose land I was hunting, forgot I was there and came riding through on two ATVs. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, and passed right under me and my buddy had to shoot him a text and remind him like, yo, I, I got a guy up in that tree. So the dude apologized, went back inside the house and not even an hour after that, uh, a coyote, um, what do you call it? Came, came through right past right under me. And I've never seen a coyote uh, live and in person, you know what mm. I'm saying? So first time when I first saw him, I was like, ah, great. I was like, they've got a dog running loose on the property now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, wait a second. I was like, that might be a coyote. So I recorded it, yeah. texted to my buddy. I was like, Hey, is this a coyote? And all he texted back was like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> you know? And by that time, this coyote was, I completely forgot that there were chickens on this property. And this coyote was putting on his own little spot and stalk on these chickens. Oh, no kidding. And so now by the time, if if you look at my video on, on Instagram, you'll see like I had a clear shot of him when yeah. I was recording him. But by the time he was uh, close to the chickens, I, had, I could see him clear as day, but I had no clear shooting lanes. But from what I was told, no one um, was on the property anymore. They were back in the house, so it was safe to shoot. And two the coyote had taken a chicken just either a day or two before. So my buddy was just like, yo, just shoot him, shoot him. So I, I let, I let two arrows fly. Mm. They didn't make contact because I could hear him hit branches um, as they flew, but it scared them off and stuff like that. So now two things. Um, I got no problem. The, The whole thing about, about what I'm doing in terms of social media between myself and even this this chapter now is sharing what's going on all the time good or bad i've got no oh no issues sharing it um if there's something i made a mistake about um a piece of information i got no problem saying my bad guys here's what it is and so i got i got criticized for i was being told uh i was being picky for letting the doe walk that should for somebody who hasn't killed a deer yet that i was being too picky i was told um Maybe if um, I should, instead of recording the coyote, I should have just shot him and stuff like that. So mind you, 
I'm being criticized on my hunt, what right. I'm choosing to shoot, what I'm going to take happiness in, in shooting. I'm being criticized for that. Then I'm being criticized now. I've never seen a coyote. What if I did end up, isn't, wasn't there something recently on social media? Somebody killed a, a husky. Oh my God. A husky. Yeah. yeah that was, and it, well, the, like they thought it was a, yeah, they thought it was a wolf and it was somebody's pet dog. Uh, I think, I did, yeah. I don't want to speak out of school. I think they were mm-hmm. feral. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it's a domestic dog. It's, yeah. And me saying it's feral doesn't make the lack of identification of a species. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's, as far as optics go, it's horrible. It looked, no, no. That, that woman's sitting there cheesing with this husky. Yep. No one in the interwebs knows that that's a feral pack of you know wild dogs, essentially, from what I remember mm. reading. It's a friggin' husky. Okay. You know, it's, it's like, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So now, I've, again, so now I wasn't even thinking about that particular scenario. Right. But in my head, in my head is, I knew these guys just came through. It's right. a huge piece of property. Of course. Um, for all I know, they do let a, a dog, yeah. they might let a dog, you know, uh, loose on the property. So I thought I was doing the right thing. I recorded it, yep. texted to my buddy, and like he was like terminate on site type so, of deal. So, but that's, you know what I'm saying? You did the right thing for you, and that's all that matters, right? <clears throat> exactly, exactly. But it's, but then the other, the other flip side of it in regards to the deer, I told my wife, and I was like, if I bet if I would have shot that doe, and posted a gripping grin, I would have been criticized for how small the door was. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying for not for not waiting for something bigger, you know, and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a damned if you do, damned of if course. you don't. But what I try to encourage people with, um, and even my buddies is, it's your party. You know, say it's your celebration. Yeah, you'll be happy, be happy in it. Whatever it is that you're doing, um, you know, good or bad. When it's good, you know what I'm saying. But also. If mistakes are made or if there's some form of misinformation, own that too. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is an integrity issue. And I I, I say this quite a bit and I know it sounds like a negative, but it's not. But, you know, it, this is a, a selfish act. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not in the business of this, right, you're not delivering on sponsorships and agreements. And you don't have a TV show and you're one of the, you know, 95% of us in the space that are just out there. For our own and, and, you know, feeding our families, if that motivates you, um, the world kind of be damned in your opinions, yeah. legally, Dude. ethically. If you're following those check marks, those check boxes, and you're mm-hmm. doing the right thing, yeah. the lions Dude. don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep kind of thing, right? I totally agree. And that's, again, another part of that conversation I just had with my wife before getting on with you, like kind of like to help. I'm not, I'm not selling like merch crazy, like anything. It's not like flying off the shelves, but I was hoping to kind of offset the cost of me hunting. Like I'd sell, you know, hoodies, things like that. Right. So my wife was just like, Hey, it's hoodie season now. Like you should be selling this stuff. And I told her, I was like, you know what, babe? I was like, the reality is, is that, um, people aren't going to want to buy anything from me unless I'm killing anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I don't want to kill stuff just to be able to sell, sell merch. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like it. Re- you really have to block out all that outside noise. Like if there's one thing you and I could like communicate to any and everyone listening today is hunt for you. As long as it's like you said, it's legal, it's ethical, whatever's going to bring a smile to your face at the end of the day, do it. It's your hunt. And I would disagree yeah. with you on your assess- your self-assessment. I think um, 
I think people are going to buy your merch because they dig what you're doing and they un, and they dig your messaging. You know, you as a person. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people that that as far as influencing goes, or you're trying to break into the space, you know, your ability to storytell, your authenticity, and just being a good human being is going to sell you and the swag that comes with you, right? <laughs> you're allowing people to buy and promote your brand. I don't, I don't think, I think the days of body counts are, are long past. I think, um, I think we've evolved as a community in, in a bigger sense that, you know, I, we find value not in, in inches and pounds. We find value in storytelling and authenticity. And if people are out there being good conservationists, being good representatives of, of the community, of organizations they may be involved with, that's what sells those people, those individuals, and then there, there would be brands. And I think, I think you got nothing to worry about. So, you know, go, go buy a hoodie and, and some urban archer here. He's got it available. <laughs> we'll let you plug it at the end. But, I so appreciate that. Thank going you. into the legality thing. And I want to comment as we, as we talk about uh, and segue into the event you just had, I was, you know, reading the, the PR we put out the article. I didn't know it's illegal to shoot your bow in your flipping driveway. What the heck? Yeah, man. Yes. Where? Why? Okay. So here's, here's the deal. Okay. And it's a whole lot of hoops to jump through. Like, I feel like it's, um, it's funny because years ago when I first got into this, um, all right. So like most States refer to the governing body as a DNR, right? So we're the DC down here, department of environmental conservation. And somebody once pointed out, like, hey, be careful with the DEC because they operate more as a regulatory body than a conservation. Con- like, they come from that. Like, they're more looking the law to enforcement regulate. side. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's that's yeah. pretty standard across the country. Which which I get also, but then I remember him telling me that conservation was only in the name and stuff like that. Granted, I've yet to I've yet to truly experience it like that. But I've found that when it comes to learning about regulations and such, especially within New York City, it's really hard to know what's legal and what's not. Mm. You know, even just figuring out broadheads is ridiculous because some people like to shoot mechanical, some people like to shoot fixed blade. And then, like, um, for example, the broadhead issue is like uh, you can't you can't use mechanical broadheads that would essentially end up being a barb within the animal that you shoot. So if it's got to stop and form like, um, what is that? Uh, a, ni- a 45 degree angle. See, even now I can't even communicate properly what exactly the, the regulation is, but it can be confusing. But to, to head back to what you were talking about. Um, so there is a rule within, and I'm still trying to find this out. I even like consulted a lawyer friend and he was like, he really couldn't find anything you know, about it and stuff like that. But um, you can't shoot, you can't discharge a bow within, I believe it is a hundred feet of a home without the permission of the homeowner. And so I've been shooting, that's my mother, like any pictures you see me in the driveway, that's my mother-in-law's home. Cause I live in a, in a, an apartment with my family. But my mother-in-law was, when I took up archery, was really kind enough to allow me to shoot in her driveway. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's the law. And I think it has something to do with even in New York city schools, um, public schools, like even archery isn't permitted to be 
um, shot. So it's like it's a it's, discharge urban compact issue and just spacing. So exactly that and because I know locally, they, they often refer to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, each other. <laughs> no, no. It's just I think it has something to do in the wording with referring to the arrow as a projectile and sure. almost equating it and almost equating it to a bullet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so, mean, which is yeah. fair. And I state to states very like here locally where I'm at that there are discharge rules for, for archery and, and firearm hunting, uh, but not on your own land. So if, if I'm on my own piece of dirt, I don't need to go to my neighbors. So like the, the 300, you know, the, the 100 yard rule doesn't apply. If I got a buck Mm -hmm. standing outside or whatever in my backyard and I want to plug it, I can legally do that where I live. Uh, So likewise, when it comes to, you know, tuning my archery tackle, if I'm out there letting some go at a target, that's completely legal. If I'm not the landowner, you like you do, you got to get the permission and so on. Cause there's yeah. all these, you know, distance laws and, and compact laws and things like that, which I, and it comes from a place of safety and I, and I totally get it. And I can only imagine what that looks like magnified in a, in a built up urban environment that you, you hail from. Cause that's, that's going to drive you nuts setting up your archery tower targets. Dude, I've been lucky in that, like, all right, the driveway um, of my mother-in-law's house is adjacent to, like, when the owner uh, bought that house, he's this this older Jamaican dude, and he was cool with, like, I was like, hey, I, you're, you know, I know you guys moved in, this is what I do every once in a while when I'm here on the weekends, are you guys cool with it? Totally cool with it. Like, he'll stand there while he's watering his lawn if I'm there, you know, and we'll chop it up while I'm shooting my, shooting my bow, but then... My mother-in-law just recently got new garage doors. So now I moved to the other side of the house for fear of, of you know, dinging up the new door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, then I had to get permission from that side yeah. of, of the house because literally all around the house, um, 150 feet. I don't get that unless uh, we cross the street. So I don't need to get the permission of the neighbors across the street, mm. but on the other side, on either side of my mother-in-law's house. Yeah. I had to get a permission. You think about and, um, all of this as a new hunter, you know, as you self identify <clears throat> still at five years into <clears throat> this, it's just, there's just a lot to consider. And I can, I, from that, that standpoint, I can see the intimidation Add the cultural aspect to it that most of us don't get. Um, Man, we got some challenges. That's why I'm so yeah, thrilled man. for what you do and the voice that you've become. Uh, new uh, NWTF uh, ambassador. We're we're so glad to have you in an official capacity. That you've been you've been storytelling on our behalf the whole time has been fantastic. But officially, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, man. It's um, it's 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 identified, and you're taking steps and. After this break, we're going to get into the Jake's event you had at Gotham. I want to hear about the kids' reactions. I want to hear about the the new emergent hunter or new emergent archers' reactions, how that all went down for the first-timers. Stand by. We're going to pay bills, and we'll be right back. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. 
It's the sound of Silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitats, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Have you been to shop.nwtf.org yet? Well, if not, I invite you to go there now. Again, that's shop.nwtf.org for all the latest and greatest NWTF lifestyle gear. Need a trucker cap? We got you covered. Need a low pro hat? We got you covered there. Guys gear, ladies gear, kids gear, accessories for the pool, for the backyard, for hunting, camping. We got you all there. Shop.nwtf.org. Go there today and get your latest NWTF gear. All right, we are back. Thank you to our fine right, sponsors back. and supporters of the program. Uh, we're with Cliff Cadet, the Urban Archer. The are you vice president? Is that the the official title you've taken up with uh, NWTF NYC? Nope, I am the president. Oh, you are the president. I thought <laughs> I thought maybe you were like, I don't want to run the thing completely. I'm gonna sit, but you are. You're. I, got, I knew you were running you, the whole you, thing. If if you don't mind my taking a moment to shout them out, um, dude, do it. It's uh, my uh, VP slash banquet chair, Dave Kalaminsky, lives out um, right outside the Bronx. Um, then I've got my uh, secretary, uh, Dan Ferrara. Um, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. Uh, and then my treasurer, Angel uh, Custodio. Um, he lives out here in Queens as well. Great, great bunch of guys. Um, you know, when I put out feelers about starting this chapter those three answered the call like right away um they stepped up and they were like they were with it so thank you guys uh, i hope you're listening shout out to all three of them awesome work and we're so glad to have them and and you know what's cool about that <clears throat> when you bring those kind of people together to start a, a committee like that and have all your your seats filled is you know it's like rabbits you know, you, they, it's a power of 10. You're bringing that individual not only to bear for, for what you're trying to do, but now you're bringing their circle of, of people in. And who knows what that ends up looking like as more people find out what, what they're about and what they're doing. And uh, it's exciting to see the growth and, and to know that you guys have, have had this. So talk about the, um, the archery event that we just had uh, there in, in, in uh, New York City. Who was there? Where you know the pictures? Their smiles abound. Everyone looks like they had a good time. Good line of shooters at the archery range. Beyond what we have here written in text, what? How was it? Um, it was great, man. Um, so I got a couple. I mean, some people had asked me why I chose Brooklyn to to kind of um hold our first event. So I felt like it was like the perfect storm. Like everything was like the, the perfect, the stars were aligned for this event. Let me put it this way, because um, one growing up in Brooklyn, I didn't know anyone who shot archery or anything like that. So, you know what, I'm a big believer in, in you know, that, that 
phrase that's kind of like, you know, you can't become what you don't see. So it, it was something for me out of sight, out of mind. I never thought of it. Right. I never saw anyone doing it. So I felt like, oh, you know, it would be great to, I live in Queens now, but I was born and raised in Brooklyn. And um, I was like, you know what? It'd be cool to, to hold uh, an event in my home borough. Um, and then it happened to be that Saturday was not only National Hunting and Fishing Day, but it was also the tail end of the NWTF's National Conservation Week. Yeah. So I felt like all those things coming together, it was just the perfect day to, it was to have that day. event. Yeah. So um, I uh, had, so like I said, had this idea, shooting shooting archery. Um, the the archery range, I shot them out, um, Gotham Archery, great bunch, great bunch of people, um, especially when it comes to engaging new archers out of um, like all the, the ranges I've gone to, I think I've seen a lot of great responses or great interaction when it comes with, when it comes, uh, with the instructors dealing with, with brand new archers, their introductory classes are awesome. So shout out to them. So that's another reason I thought that was a great place to hold the event. Um, we had families, we had teenagers, we had my, my own son, uh, my little man was there, which was great because what happened is that um, I don't know if it's everywhere, but most of the archery rangers here in the city um, don't let first-time shooters uh, use the range or come in for introductory classes unless they, they're at the age of 10, at least the age of 10. Hmm. Um, they're allowed to shoot if if younger, if they're participating in their, um, what is that, their JOAD program, yeah. their junior archery programs. So if they're younger than 10 but have the experience of shooting from their programs already um they can the eight nine years old can go ahead and shoot in the range but my little guy is 10 and had never been allowed he'd been in the archery range with me before but he just never taken um any type of formal instruction so it was awesome to be there with him my daughter was there um she had a lot of her teenage friends there which was really cool um i was hoping for parents to accompany them but it was one of those i think probably the kids wanted to be there on their own group of friends um we had uh families there mother daughter um my treasurer angel uh his wife his daughter brother-in-law stuff like that so we had a lot of family and friends there you know out to support the event because they'd never shot archery before you know so it was it was a great opportunity for us to just while we were there you know we introduced ourselves um myself and the rest of my leadership committee as hunters as um representatives of the nwtf um we highlighted you know somewhat briefly what the nwtf is and does and stuff like that but the focus was on these guys for the day you know stepping out of what they normally do and you know just having fun and and learning to shoot archery what was the first impression like who who marked out the biggest was it the kids or the adults I want to say the kids, because what was great about the interaction was even for an introductory class, um, Gotham Archery makes it fun by also making it a little competitive. Sure. And so so um, they they set out balloons out there in like a competition to, to shoot specific color balloons. Then um, then there was a, there was a point where there's the name Gotham Archery is written across the top of the target right? The paper target. And, um, and 
what the instructor challenged the the participants to do was to hit the O in Gotham because at the distance he let them know that at the distance they were shooting from um shooting for the O was equivalent to what Olympic archers see at the distance that they're shooting a target wow. at in the Olympics. Yeah. So he was like, because I, I can't remember, it was an insane distance, which I didn't even know that was the distance they shot at in the Olympics. But he was like, at that distance, um, basically it's the got to be like a hundred yard range. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. And he was like, what they see, the entire target is literally that O on the paper target that the, you know, the kids were shooting at. And at they're the dropping event. dimes in the middle. Yeah, like that, so, right? yo, <laughs> like my my daughter hit it dead center bro nice. like didn't touch didn't touch any any of the lettering hit it dead center and i was like wow my my son was was shooting out shooting the, the balloons and stuff like that having a blast um kids won some prizes and stuff like that for being like best shooters and stuff but it was so much fun like you know the kids um like i was really enjoying watching kind of the wheels turn in their head you know what i'm saying as they were putting together um, you know, the whole mechanics of it, you know, understanding um, the range rules, range safety and stuff like that. But watching them, you know, grab their bow, uh, grab the bow string, then draw back and having their arm, their uh, their bow arm, you know, fairly or just bent a little bit, stuff like that. Learning how to look at the sight and, and aim at the target. And then once they hit the paper target or once they were hitting tens within the 10 ring and stuff like that, I'm going crazy. So <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I didn't shoot. Um, Cause I really wanted to one soak in what these guys are doing and be able to kind of engage the folks that were, were shooting and walk around and kind of take pictures and see the smiles on their faces. So it was kind of like, it was just so cool. Cause it, it was bringing me back to the first time that I was shooting. And, and hitting tens and nines and so on. So it was a blast, man. Seeing the, just the joy on their faces was priceless. Was was there any connection to archery hunting, you know, t- drawing, you know, connections from that act and the learning the fundamentals? <clears throat> Did anyone ask questions about that? Or was the, everyone just in the moment, just appreciating the target shooting and, and learning for the first time? Well, that was the main reason why me and the rest of the team kind of let the instructors do their thing and we weren't shooting like i said we were kind of walking around and engaging the guys with hopes that letting them know because we let them know that we were bow hunters ourselves mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and if they had any questions throughout the day they were more than welcome to ask us um but unfortunately they were more focused in the moment and shooting archery and so sure. on so it's it's one of those where we hope to have events like that or or um anything outdoor related again and you know maybe we'll get the same teens that we had before in which case then we'll get if it's one of those as a chapter i believe we're laying the foundation for something where um it's kind of like listen when i was a kid growing up i was wary of new programs and new people in my neighborhood you know what i'm saying it was one of those all right you're just here to do this and probably <clears throat> bounce you never come back you know right saying? yeah you're and never come back and stuff right, like right. exactly Exactly. You know, you're doing this to just be able to say, all right, yeah, we came, we came to this neighborhood in Brooklyn and we did this great activity. No. So we believe we're, we're laying a foundation in which whether we see the same kids at the different events, engaging, you know, 
um, non-hunters um, that it'll be like, hey, you said you were a bow hunter. What does that entail? You know what I'm saying? Anything like that. So build that relationship. Or on the flip side, be for people to be able to see maybe not our faces, but our chapter, the organization as a whole. Like, hey, last month, this organization put on this event and they're doing something else. Yeah. Oh, uh, be like, oh, and then come spring, hey, last year they they did two or three events and yeah, they may be a hunting organization, but they're not forcing it on us, you know, hunting. Because again, we don't know, we would like to see um a natural, I guess, evolution or progress. Of course. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To for people to be like, oh wow, like being outdoors isn't just about hunting and stuff like that and it's not something like they're necessarily shoving down our throats right. these these guys are you know cool they're not up um maybe i'd like to learn more about what they do outside of this when they go what they do when they go in the woods things like that and it shouldn't so, be like a hard say, sell right i mean it should just, yeah, exactly it should just come i bet and, and and we've said it already like this is this was an important first step for for you guys as an organization for your community for the the folks that were there to just one know you exist that there's a resource and that mm-hmm. there's continuity that you guys, you didn't just come into a community to say, yeah, we did a good thing. And, and we, we went on to the next you're here. You live here. You're, you're part of that community. There's going to be something else. I suspect when you start changing those targets out and maybe putting deer silhouettes or find a 3d range with <clears throat> animal targets, yes, you're going to start connecting those dots. And then and exactly. Is there 3D archery ranges? Does does Gotham do that, or what's that? So like? Gotham Gotham does do that. So that's going to be the next awesome. step, hopefully, and 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 maybe uh, what do you call it? Schedule an event like Need that. Need to get a total archery challenge, or was an equivalent in NYC. <laughs> in the remaining minutes here, um, you know, I, I had mentioned, you know, we started a, a we re I don't, don't want to say revamped. We, we were, uh, myself and a colleague were challenged um, to stand up a, a program of, of finding good storytellers. You're, you're one of them. And we have some official brand influencers that we will be introducing our audience to. Uh, you happen to be the first one to roll out. Um, so, you know, talk about the volunteer experience, uh, the, you know, what it means for you to, you know, you know, get that. <clears throat> that ask and that nod and just, you know, being involved for people that are listening, you know, it doesn't have to be in the city, but they're hearing, you know, your experience and your success thus far um, with the NWTF. And, you know, what does that all mean to you? Why, why NWTF? All right. So first off, it's, it's funny. It's, I want to bring it back to, to my youth. I grew up in, um, it wasn't, I didn't grow up in like the worst neighborhood in Brooklyn or anything like that. Um, wasn't necessarily the best either, but I grew up with a youth center literally just around the corner from my, from my uh, apartment building. And, um, I grew up there participating in the programs and stuff like that, primarily youth basketball and summer camps. And the guy that ran the program is actually like one of my best friends now. Like he was my first basketball coach as a kid and is now one of my best friends. And over the years, I got the opportunity to give back by, you know, working at the summer camp and volunteering as a basketball coach, things like that. But um, over the years, primarily because of work and such, um, I wasn't able to commit to doing stuff like that anymore. Then um, a couple, no, I think it was just last year, I had the um, the pleasure of meeting uh, Ken 
I, I'm going to butcher his last name. I want to say it's Parod or Parodi, but he wrote a piece on me in um, a Turkey Call magazine. And, um, you know what I'm saying? Because it was basically telling the story of how, you know, I worked out the logistics with my buddy, my hunting mentor, um, for me to be able to take public transportation to get out to hunt and stuff like that. And uh, so I had caught the, the eye of the NWTF and they wrote a piece on me on, on, on Turkey Call. But during that interview um, in which Ken and I were speaking, he had brought up how there wasn't an NWTF chapter in the city. At that point, I was unaware of what the organizational structure was like mm. for the NWTF <clears throat> and how there were state chapters and there were local chapters and so on. So it's, uh, you'd have to definitely give Ken the credit of planting that seed. Um, because after that, I'll be honest, I enjoy deer hunting, but my passion is growing steadily for turkey hunting. You know, it's, I wrote I an it. outdoor life. Yeah. I wrote an outdoor life piece, uh, making the argument that a turkey hunt is probably the best first hunt for an adult onset hunter. You know, um, and so the, those wheels, while slow, were still turning in my in my head after Ken and I had discussed it, learning that there wasn't a chapter. I looked into, you know, what chapters were near me and there there weren't any like none close to me in any way, shape or form. Um, and so it's, I put feelers out, you know, a couple of months back. And got responses from, I think, uh, I think I reached out to you. I may have reached out to you and, um, bear out in bear Davidson out in, uh, in VA. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, I heard back from my regional director, uh, Sean Langevin and, um, and that's it, man. It's the opportunity. Now I've always been, even before working, cause I mean, you guys know I work for UPS, um, my previous jobs were in nonprofit management. Um, you know, like, uh, I used to run teen programming at a local YMCA, um, and, and still coach, you know, kid youth basketball there. Then I used to run teen programming at a low income housing project out here in Queens. Then, um, I used to also, I was a program manager for, an organization that uh, led service groups. Like I was responsible for like two teams of 10 um, volunteers that ran literacy programs within New York City public schools. You know what I'm saying? So that aspect of being connected to something that really was rooted within the community has always been in with like within me, something like I've always enjoyed doing. So I've been removed for that from that for like years now, but this chapter gives me and and the rest of my team the opportunity to now to do that, but with something that um like we really enjoy doing and can now um teach. Well, I'm I like I said, I'm not necessarily the one to teach, but definitely if I'm the go-between, the mediator to put somebody in contact with someone else, then you know what, then that's what I'm doing. Or or at least pointing you in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's that's what uh I guess I've been doing over the last couple of months is just being able, I guess, I guess it is part of um, a little bit selfish in nature in that I get back to, I get, while the, the activity is something different, I get back to 
working within my city, working with youth yeah. and even adults for that matter. And that's volunteerism, right? I mean, you're not, yeah, you're no one. I mean, that's at the heart of a volunteer. You're out there doing yeah, something yeah. you're passionate about because you, you appreciate it, you enjoy it, and you're getting something by giving back, right? Um, mm. so that's, that's okay to say, I mean, that, that's the whole motivation. Otherwise it's called work <laughs> and it's free work. And we're not, that's that we're not doing that. Um, mm. so it's, it's good to hear your testimony on that. And, 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 you know, it, people that are hearing this or see NWTF and think, you know, that, this is underrepresented in my area, you know, how can mm-hmm. I possibly do? I think, I think hearing your experience. It's important. And, and I hope it empowers people when they hear your voice to be like, yeah, OK, he did it in New York City. I can do it. I can find a way to do it. And their support system and, and, and the organization from from top to bottom uh, has got your back. And it's um, it's pretty awesome. And then when you start the audience here and you and I have talked about this, once you're in, you know, mm-hmm. that 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 community, that turkey club, it is mm-hmm. it is not unreasonable to think. From NYC, you could reach out to somebody in Seattle, you know, mm-hmm. out across the entire country and be like, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so from this organization out here. I, I saw your name and um, I was wondering if we could talk about turkey hunting out in your state because I'm thinking about making a trip. And then all of a sudden you're eating dinner at their dinner table and becoming lifelong friends. Because yeah, there's, there there's that association and there's that commonality and and in the the brand itself, the the organization, when you have that association, it definitely communicates a, a certain person. So mm-hmm. I think ultimately that what we kind of started talking about at the beginning of this conversation and when we're ending is don't let, you know, uh, aesthetics be a barrier because mm-hmm. by association, I can generally, I can genuinely and in general say you're dealing with quality human beings. Got it. You know, and that you see somebody that may not look like you, but they have they have the NWTF on their hat or on their shirt or on their truck or whatever that that nonverbal communication that that is communicating to somebody like, hey, we're OK and we're yep. we're we're aligned here um, and, and, and we can be friends. And then who knows what it goes into? I mean, it's it's pretty yeah, special. Agreed. Yeah, because at the end of the day, another goal of our chapter is to develop a model that a successful model that can be when a successful not only um i mean a successful like fundraising model because we want to be able to contribute our fair share to the the larger picture but then a, a successful um outreach and engagement model that that can work in just about any city yeah um anything concrete plans coming up i know you guys have plans but uh, anything we can talk about here or are we still in the early stages of planning i don't want to let the cat out of the bag too soon still in the early stages the goal is to right now we're we're learning who are the members in in our city are you know that are and then reaching out to them letting them know that a chapter exists um letting them know we could use some volunteers you know um letting them know you know uh we're in the planning stages also of events and activities that will not only engage current members let them know like hey um because i feel like sometimes hunters in the city whether turkey deer are a bit wary as to who they speak to about their hunting activities 
So let them know like, hey, no, like you got a chapter here. Um, there will be events here where you can engage other uh, like-minded individuals. Um, and and everybody's going to have fun with it, as well as outreach to uh, to non-hunters and developing, um, I guess, activities and programs that will engage them um, you know, in, in a safe way, in a fun way and stuff like that and open their eyes to what the NWTF has to offer. Yeah. It's definitely in the spirit of, of conservation week, right? As we're coming a yeah. couple of weeks away from that, um, that, you know, even during that week, you said you don't have to hunt. We'd love it if you did, but you don't have mm-hmm. to, to hunt to, to participate in this conservation thing or, you know, come out to a chapter event and, you know, just be around good people. And again, that's, it's that community that when it comes down to you. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Cliff, totally God agreed. bless you, man. I, I, I'm proud to call you a friend. I'm, I'm glad you and I have our, our, our conversations you. as much as we do to the point where I thought we already did this podcast and I had to remind <laughs> myself that we have not, uh, at least for the NWTF, that is. Um, yeah. Continued success with the chapter. Uh, you, you know, the, the like I said, the, the organization up and down locally, nationally, uh, definitely got your back. And then I think um, we've talked that you, you and I both agree that more people are going to once they find out this exists, are going to just how can I help? How can I support and just rally to it? Um, and that's going to be awesome. And, and you guys are going to, you know, write a new chapter uh, with a chapter, you know, like yep. it's pun intended, um, <laughs> as far as how, how business can be done and how, mm-hmm. um, how we can, can create new communities and, and tell our story, um, everywhere, not just in the rural environments and in the wooded spaces. Right. So thank you for yeah, everything definitely. you do. Thank you for your storytelling, your advocacy, um, and, and being a good representative of, of the NWTF and our mission. Thanks for everything. And thanks to your family for letting you supporting you. That definitely, definitely thank them. But I want to say if I could flip the tables, I got to thank you. Um, cause you're, you're always quick to reply when I shoot you a text or with, with information and stuff like that. I appreciate that. Shout out to, you know, my regional directors, directors, both, uh, Sean and, and Carter. And then, um, Quick shout out to, I hope she listens, but Teresa Carroll back at uh, HQ because she was a huge help in in getting um, our event. So just thank you to everyone because I think the support um, that this chapter has been getting has been phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that we as a chapter have been noticing that it's that's that's the key thing is it's been all about uh backing everyone up and getting everyone the information they need and so on making everyone feel comfortable to just get out there and you know share the mission if people want to find you uh for for the chapter if people want to find you personally where can they find you uh give them the the places to go and if they want to support how can they contact so um on instagram the chapter is at nwtf.nyc um, we are, we, I just created a, a new Facebook page. So that's literally just NWTF NYC as well. And then me personally, um, you guys want to give me a follow on Instagram. It is at urban archery NYC. Um, at the end of the day, um, me personally, it's all about, uh, sharing information and letting people see that people like myself from New York city do hunt are getting into it, are, are, navigating the logistics of, of getting out there through the chapter uh social media it's we're just all about sharing information about what we have going on um you know what's going on throughout the organization and and oh if i can plug um within the next week please folks uh look out 
for a fundraising raffle. We're going to be, we're going to hold our own, our first, our first raffle. If not by the end of this mm-hmm. week, definitely by next week. Awesome. Um, going to be raffling off some cool stuff. Cool. Looking forward to that. Um, and then check out, uh, the merch page too. I suppose they can probably find that in your link tree on, on Instagram, <laughs> move some hats and some hoodies. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Appreciate <laughs> Very that. Good. Thank you. Cliff, yes, you can take, take, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Um, no, so you could say it's it's on Teespring. <laughs> so, all right, very good. So yeah, appreciate that, Ben. Thanks as always for the time. Always enjoy the conversation and um, continued success with everything you're doing. And when you notch that that first tag, um, do let us know. We'll like to put it out there and send you a big pat on the back. And I'll be curious the follow up to that when that does happen. What the logistics look like? I know a turkey's an easier critter to handle getting back to the city oh, yeah. but i'm i'm gonna be very curious as to how <clears throat> i it, i would almost imagine it's gonna be like backpacking an elk out of out of big sky country uh taking mm. a, a hundred whatever 50 80 pound deer whitetail out of an hour away and then <laughs> muckling that sucker back to, <laughs> to to queen so um good luck be safe out there and, and we'll definitely talk again soon thanks brother all right no doubt thank you man One more time, thank you so much to Cliff uh, for for uh, adjusting with me, coming on the show, um, and, and and carving out the time. Uh, he's a he's a super busy dad and husband, and everything you heard there, uh, he doesn't stop. And then you know he's got the regular many hours he works. So um, thank you, brother, for for setting that time up. I enjoyed the conversation as always. I hope you learned some stuff about Cliff. Uh, hopefully, you you know if you're hearing this and you're one of those those built up spaces or even a, a far out place that you don't think you're going to be able to, to pull anything off. Uh, I hope you're inspired by uh, Cliff, his committee uh, and, and just the, you know, having, having the right attitude means everything. And, and he certainly has it, his crew and they're, they're going to do amazing things um, and build off of the recent success. So congratulations. And if you want to support uh, Cliff, the NYC chapter and, and what they're trying to do there in, in New York City proper uh, do. Uh, he gave all the contact information at the end of the show, um, right? You know, that just preceded this out. So uh, do reach out to him. He's responsive and, and, and I'm sure they would love the support of the community. However you can, uh, whether it's on their fundraising events or any of their outreach events, um, do do get in touch with Cliff and um, you, you won't be sorry. Organizationally, guys. Um, there's been a lot of good stuff on the heels or during conservation week. You heard about the, a lot of the agreements, a lot of research, a lot of funds being allocated and matched. So make sure you're keeping up with all that stuff because it's, it's fast and furious. You know, all the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, especially guys go there. There's some great stuff there. And then nwtf.org, the new revamp, the beautiful new website, Lifestyle Hub. Uh, you can get down to your state and find out what's happening locally with, with research, with projects, mission delivery, fundraising events. Go there. Check all of that out. Uh, and if you're a member and you haven't set up your, your membership profile that did not carry over from the old website, reset that up. You can go in there. Uh, you can see everything about your membership, uh, how long you've been, how much how much money you've donated. Uh, you can you can and adjust the preferences on how much emails you get from us, all that. It's a fantastic, beautiful website. Uh, check that stuff out now and make sure you're following 
up with that. Uh, Grand Grand Slam sweepstakes uh, happening now, and it's important to mention this here. uh, At the end of October, um, so right now, if if you're signing up for that, you're doubling your entries. Uh, so if you go on to the website or you can see the 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 um, the links on our social channels for that Grand Slam sweepstakes, folks, this is a this is a single season Grand Slam. So you're, you're going to you're going to check all your 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 subspecies boxes uh, in the lower 48. And um, that's a heck of an opportunity there and, and other prizes. So you can go on and check that out. Sign up before October 31st, before Halloween. Double your chances. Get in on the Grand Slam sweepstakes. This is truly a, a once in a lifetime opportunity um, with some really great outfitters. You can go there, check out all the outfitters you'll be connected with. There are current incentives uh, built into to register early as well. Uh, one other thing I wanted to plug, the Sportsman's Box collaboration. There is a specific NWTF box available to you, so you can find that information as well uh, on our social channels. If you're looking to re-up your membership, well, by golly, this is a great time to do it because you're going to get a membership with the Sportsman's Box. You can buy it one time for, uh, for I think it's uh, 60 65 bucks, uh, or you can do the full year subscription, and they are themed by the season. So right now, we're in the fall box and then we'll go into winter, spring and summer. Uh, and so you'll, you can, if you subscribe to all four seasons, you're going to get a substantial discount on that. And you can expect those to arrive every uh, quarter there going forward into to next summer of 23. Uh, there's an incentive right now that if you sign up for that, uh, I think also before the end of October and you're a current member, you're going to be put in for a special hunt, uh, an Osceola uh, turkey and hog hunt. Um, and then if you're signing up before that, that, that before end date um, here this month, uh, anybody is going to be put in for a special uh, shotgun drawing. So uh, one of, I think it was one of our gun of the years. You can go check all of that information out, sign up for your sportsman's box, get your membership. Um, and get that uh, in the pipeline for yourself. Treat yourself. Um, holidays coming up. Box could be a a great gift for somebody. There's over $120 worth of gear in that box. So uh, do do check out that program, folks. Thanks as always for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed, download, catch us anywhere on all the podcast channels that that you can subscribe to, download, whatever. We're we're there. And uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate uh, taking the time to give us a five-star rating, help us uh, move up and, and, and solve those algorithmic um, blocks that are in our way that, you know, this, again, you guys have heard me say the space is, uh, it is what it is. It's extremely crowded. Uh, we believe we have a good story to tell and a great mission to put out there. Uh, we want people to find it. So by way of sharing this, uh, this podcast by way of hitting five stars helps us move up uh, those those podcast charts and, and and get in front of people that that may not have known who we were and we dig that so um, continue success in the the woods folks uh, be safe out there take care of each other as always love each other be well and until next time we'll see you bye-bye Have you been to shop.nwtf.org yet? Well, if not, I invite you to go there now. Again, that's shop.nwtf.org for all the latest and greatest NWTF lifestyle gear. Need a trucker cap? We got you covered. Need a low pro hat? We got you covered there. Guys gear, ladies gear, kids gear, accessories for the pool, for the backyard, for hunting, camping. We got you all there. Shop.nwtf.org. Go there today. 
and get your latest NWTF gear. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.